Hello friends and welcome to the Legacy Homeschool Reflections podcast, where we discuss topics pertaining to homeschooling, being women of the word, and living in light of eternity. So whether you are single, married, or whatever your season of life, I pray you will find hope in Christ and encouragement from His word. I'm your host, Ruth Adams, and I'm so glad you are here. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Legacy Homeschool Reflections podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Adams. On today's episode, I would just like to share with you some different quotes that have been meaningful to me. Some of them will be quotes from some of my journals when I go and attend conferences. I love to sit with a journal in hand and take notes and then It's so encouraging to go back and read over those notes even years later and remember the nuggets of truth. You know, you go to a conference and you just are inundated with so much information. But to have these journals and to be able to go back and go, oh, I remember that. Oh, yes, that was so powerful. That was so good. I need to think on that. I need to work on that. I need to apply that. Um, And then also I'm trying also as I study just in my own Bible time and everything, I'm starting to try to write down quotes that are meaningful to me as well. So I can have journals that are filled with things that have inspired me and touched my heart and life. And I thought on this episode, I would just share with you some of these quotes. And before I dive into the quotes, I'm going to read from Psalm 37, starting in verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. We're told in scripture to be still before the Lord, to be still and know that I am God. And this is such a challenge, isn't it? In our fast paced, you know, frenetic paced moving uh, culture that we live in today. It's, it's hard to stop and to be still and to be quiet. I find that even when I go out and do errands and, you know, I'm thinking I, I just want to kind of let my, my brain breathe from all the hustle and the bustle and all going on in the home and I'm going to go out for a little while. It's, it's kind of hard to feel refreshed even after running errands and getting a little time to myself because there's so much noise in the culture and there's so much to deal with. You've got people who are, you know, honking at at you on the road or honking at others. You've got the road rage going on and then everywhere you go, you've got noise and music and monitors and videos and loud people and the culture, my point is just our culture is so loud and we're called in scripture to be still before the lord we need to find places of quiet and stillness maybe that's taking a walk 
Maybe that is going in the prayer closet. Maybe that is getting in the car and driving and turning off the radio and the podcasts and all the noise, but taking that time to steal our hearts before the Lord. That's where his peace floods in when we get quiet before him and we steal all of our own anxieties. We allow him to give us that stillness and that quietness and that peace to go forward in a greater faith, trusting in him. Jesus said that if you, well, apart from him, you can do nothing, that we are to abide in him. So we need to remember to be still, to be quiet, to have that quiet time with the Lord so that we can hear his still and quiet voice speaking to us so that he can infuse us with strength and grace and greater faith. This first quote that I'm going to share from one of my journals, I do not know who said this. I have it written down, but I can't find who actually was speaking. But I thought this was so good in regards to mothering. It says to keep children weeded and watered. So what I get from that is not letting the weeds go. You know, there's things that we need to deal with as we see in the lives of our children we need to address, we need to work with them on this same speaker, whoever it was, also said to practice the desired behaviors with our children, to walk our children through the steps of doing things in the right way or having the right attitude or the right method of whatever, you know, but to practice what we're trying to get them to do. If it's cleaning an area up of their stuff to actually teach them the steps they need to take and practice those steps with them rather than just saying do it and then so keeping our children weeded where we see things that need working on that we would kind of uh, deal with those weeds and not let those weeds get out of control so to speak as like in a garden where the weeds quickly take over if we don't keep on top of it but also watered so as we're dealing with the weeds and the things in their lives that as mothers we need to train them in we're also watering them we're pouring in the things that they need the love and the support the encouragement the companionship the believing in them um you know the nurturing them spiritually, praying over them, blessing them, speaking the truth and love to them, also watering them as we also teach and train them. And then I have some thoughts from Pastor Kevin Swanson. He was talking about the American Christian Church just being in a free fall, and he was sharing some statistics. He said that Only 7% of Americans are Bible-believing church-attending individuals. That's mind-blowing, isn't it? And then he says that 2% of millennials hold to a biblical worldview. So you've got a lot of kids growing up in Christian homes, but not necessarily holding to a biblical worldview. And that's why, you know, it's so important in even our homeschooling that we're teaching all subjects from a Christian worldview. We're not just teaching academics and filling their heads with knowledge and letting the world give them the worldview, but we are showing them in every subject the goodness, the 
faithfulness and the ways of Christ in math, in science, in history, in every subject that is integrated in and that everything leads us to praise the Lord. Um, He said that the Christian West is falling because fathers and mothers have not been discipling their children. And again, homeschooling is not a panacea. It's not the answer. It's not the formula or the solution, but it's a tool that we can use to teach them in math that God is a God of order and consistency. And in history, that all of history, the continuum of history from the beginning to the end is God's story. It's his story. It's his story. And so um, Kevin Swanson also shared, he said that 57% of children born by millennials are out of wedlock. That's crazy. But then he offered hope. He said, Jesus came to make dead men alive and we need God to come down and do awesome things that we cannot, you know, ladies, the older I get, the more I realize There are so many things that I have no control over that I cannot do, but I can cry out to my Father in heaven and ask Him to do what I cannot do. I've been saying for years that, you know, we cannot make our children follow Christ. We can teach them. We can present the truth to them, but it is only God's Holy Spirit that can stir in their hearts. And so, On one hand, we need to be faithful to daily be bringing the word to our children. But we need to also just as fervently be praying that the Lord is working in their hearts, drawing them unto himself, convicting them of sin, and leading them to live in light of eternity. Only God can do that in anyone's heart. Kevin Swanson said, unless God comes down, we have nothing. We're hopeless without him. And then he said that we have been the frogs in the slowly boiling water. I think I've been hearing that illustration since I was a child, that it's like a frog in boiling water that's getting hotter and hotter, you know, and we get used to the cultural things happening around us. And then I guess our resistance, our sensitivity to it, weakens and we aren't as alarmed and slowly by a little bit by little bit the culture is degrading and we're not shocked by it where is the shame in our culture kevin said we must bring down every imagination that sets itself against the knowledge of god and i love this he said if you love god you're not going to be a friend of the world I have a, an Amish friend that said earlier in the year to me, he said, you know, if the world is loving us, then there's probably something wrong with our lives. It's so true. We're not called to live according to the philosophies and the ideologies of this culture. Jesus was not loved by the world. The world hated and despised him. And so we should also expect that we are going to face suffering as Christians. Now, we've been living in a time of unusual freedom for Christians, unusual, abundant blessings. But as the world darkens, the cost of our faith in Christ is going to be increased. We are going to face 
more pushback from the world and from the philosophies of this world? And are we willing to stand for Christ in the midst of things getting harder? We need to teach our children that this world is not our home and that we can expect to face difficulty and trial because of our faith in Christ. And going along with that topic, Pastor Steve Hopkins talked about not loving the world. He said, do we see the difference between the world and the kingdom of God? He said, a true believer does not live loving the things God hates. Now that's been a prayer that I've prayed over my family many times. Lord, please help us to love the things that you love and hate the things that break your heart. And then he talked about in scripture where it says, Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world. The world is screaming at our young people to draw them into its grip into its way of thinking and living, to its value system. Christian parents are up against such a challenging time with all of the media that is screaming at our children with the level and intensity of darkness in the culture of evil and sin in the culture of celebrating evil in the culture. It is a challenging time for all of us. And you know, we, we just need to be so careful that we are loving Christ and not loving the world because all of our actions come from our heart. You know, out of the heart, the mouth speaketh, or we live our lives out of what is in our heart. So are we loving Christ or are we loving the world? Um, the heart of Judas was in the world. His body was with Jesus, but not his heart, Pastor Hopkins said. That's such an interesting point there. Judas was right there with the Lord Jesus, but his heart was with money. And so um, Steve Hopkins went on and said, what is in the dye shows up in the petals. You know, we can put some food dye in some water and stick a carnation in there and we can get bright blue or purple carnations from the dye going up. You see what goes in and it shows up in the petals. So what is going in our minds and our hearts, the minds and hearts of our families, and it's going to show up in our lives in the petals. Pastor Hopkins said, secret sinners are on the path to apostasy. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity, Proverbs 16, 17. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. We need to run from evil, flee from evil, teach our children to recognize and flee from evil. We need to be praying that the Lord would give our children, our young people, the strength to um, quickly flee when evil surrounds. And then he said, is the habit of your life one of departing from sin or yielding to sin? What is the trajectory? What is the habit? What is the pattern? Do we depart? Do we flee? Do we run? Or do we yield to sin and temptation? And I think as parents, we need to be teaching our young people how to flee. Like Joseph with Potiphar's wife, he fled the situation. We need to be teaching them to not linger and to decide in their hearts ahead of time what they will do. You know, Daniel had purposed in his heart 
in the book of Daniel, we read about Daniel and the lion's den and about the young men and, and how that they purposed ahead of time that they would follow the ways of God. So those are some really sobering things and so important. We see so much apostasy going on in the culture today. And we see so many um, hypocrisies. We see ministry scandals. And so it's, it's an important thing that we check our hearts and see where our hearts, our hearts with the Lord, or are they with this vile world, which is not a friend of grace. I was recently reading and came across a Charles Spurgeon quote that I thought was really good. He said, when God places a burden upon you, he places his arms underneath you. Isn't that encouraging? I know Elizabeth Elliot always would say you are loved with an everlasting love and underneath are the the everlasting arms. And so that's basically what Spurgeon was saying here, that when God places a burden upon us, he places his arms underneath us. He carries us through those stormy places, those turbulent waters, those trials. And we will face trials and tribulations, but we don't have to go through it alone because his arms are underneath us and he carries us. And that's just beautiful. And then another quote by Warren Wiersbe that I came across and really liked. It says, if the world controls your thinking, you are a conformer. If God controls your thinking, you are a transformer. I want to share that with my children. That is so good. If the world controls your thinking, you are a conformer. We are living in a culture of conformers. People just want to fit in. They don't want to be considered weird. They want to just follow the pop culture. But why not be transformers? Why not be people who transform the culture for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God in light of eternity? Why not lead people in truth instead of the blind following the blind? God is calling us to be culture changers, to be leaders in righteousness, to lead people along the path to the celestial city. So again, that, quote, that um, quote says, if the world controls your thinking, you are a conformer. If God controls your thinking, you are a transformer. By God's grace, may we be transformers in our culture, in our community, in our churches, in our families. May we lead others down the path of wisdom and truth and biblical thinking. And then this next quote is from Leonard Ravenhill. I thought this was so good. Someone quoted Leonard Ravenhill in their talk, but this is an old quote, and it says, Entertainment is the devil's substitute for joy. Entertainment is the devil's substitute for joy. Now, that doesn't mean that it's wrong to engage in entertainment if it's wholesome and good and edifying, but our culture is addicted to entertainment. We want to be entertained all the time instead of being purposeful with our time and redeeming the time and using the time. We'd so much rather a lot of times fall into just entertain me. Just let me veg around and scroll my media and watch Netflix 
or YouTube or whatever and just just allow my mind to kind of be entertained. We want to be balanced in all things. I'm not saying that it's wrong to engage in entertainment and media. We do in our home, but we need to be balanced. And our minds can be just sort of dulled by constantly if we, you know, again, are we getting still before the Lord? Do we have to have music, podcasts, videos, um, noise going constantly, nonstop? Or are we engaging in spiritual disciplines? Are we reading the word? Are we studying? Are we dwelling on scripture? Are we memorizing scripture? My dad was so committed to memorizing scripture. And as I've shared before, even in his old age, when he was having some mental confusion, we saw that the scripture would bring clarity to his mind when he would start quoting scripture or talking about scripture. The word was having power and giving life to him, even in his old age when he was struggling. So, and when we memorize scripture or study scripture, it strengthens the brain. You know, memorizing anything exercises the brain. So just as older people would put together puzzles or do crossword puzzles or um, things like that so that they can exercise their mind and their brain, scripture does the same thing. And yet scripture is the very word of God. It's the life and power of God. And so it's even better than the puzzles. And so we just want to be careful that we're not allowing entertainment to steal our joy. We're not allowing entertainment to take the place of being in the word, of being in prayer, of engaging in kingdom pursuits and ministry endeavors. You know, just saying, oh, I just want to be entertained rather than I want to go out and share truth with people. I just want to be entertained rather than go out and serve. I just want to be entertained rather than engage with my family. We need to make sure that we're not allowing entertainment to steal the the joy and the purpose that God has for us on this earth because we're here for his glory. We're not here to be entertained. We are here for his glory and he has work for us to do. So the old song says, we'll work till Jesus comes, we'll work. And that does not mean that we don't take time to enjoy some entertainment sometimes. And um, so I I don't want to come across as saying something I'm not saying here, but balance. Balance seems to be the key to so many areas of life. And let's just be discerning and careful about the entertainment in our homes and with our families that we're not allowing the devil to steal from us because we're just kind of numbed or lulled to sleep by this constant entertainment that's available to us. And I'm going to end my quotes today with another quote from Kevin Swanson. He said, this is not heaven. We're going there. This isn't it. We're on a battleship. We're not on a cruise ship. And I love that quote so much. I think the American church today wants to be on a cruise ship. We want, you know, wealth and prosperity and entertainment. We forget that God has called us to a spiritual battle. He's called us to work to do for his kingdom. 
and that we are told that um, if you know we will suffer with him if we will also reign with him, and that um, we should expect persecution. And so, this is not heaven. We want everything to be dreamy and perfect here, but it will not be this side of heaven. We're on a battleship. We have a calling. We have work to do. We're not on a cruise ship. Now, the Lord graciously gives us many good things to enjoy. He gives us many joys in life. Marriage and children and family and grandchildren. Seasons to enjoy. I love the seasons, the changing of seasons. I was just talking with a friend recently and she was saying, you know, what a blessing that we are given the seasons. It keeps life interesting, doesn't it? And um, there's just so many things. The Lord gives us taste buds and we get to enjoy our food. He gives us minds and brains that continue to learn. And I think as we learn new things, it keeps life from getting dull and boring. He gives us beautiful days and sunrises and sunsets. He gives us his word. He gives us relationships and friendships. He gives us so many things to enjoy. So there are many blessings and many joys that can abound in various seasons of our lives. But I think in our modern Christianity, when things don't go right, we think something's wrong. What's wrong that I'm facing all these trials and tribulations? And it's actually normal because we're on a battleship. I have just finished reading a beautiful version, a picture version of the Pilgrim's Progress to my son, my younger son. And there were so many wonderful lessons there. You know, it's just such a powerful reminder that we are pilgrims on our way to our eternal home. And as we pass through these various seasons and places along the journey, we're going to have battles to fight. We're going to have struggles to go through. But the Lord provides a way out. He provides his strength. He provides his everlasting arms underneath us. You know, he holds us in his hand and we're not alone. Well, anyway, I spoke at a retreat for ladies not long ago. And I shared this quote that we're on a battleship, not a cruise ship. And a dear friend went home and asked her son to carve out this little battleship for me. And she sent it in the mail in a little box with a little little um, paper that had the quote on it and said, it's a good reminder. And so I have that in my office and just treasure that. It is a, such a good reminder for me that we are on a battleship, not a cruise ship. Sometimes the Lord allows us to cruise along and to have fun and to have vacation and enjoyment. But from day to day, we face a lot of hard things, a lot of trials and disappointments and struggles and days that do not go smoothly. We face chaos. We face sickness. We face trial. We face pain and hurt and, you know, relational struggles. And as long as we're this side of heaven, that is the way it will be. That is normal life. And so it has a lot to do with our expectation. Are we expecting this world to be heaven? Because it's not. 
It's not heaven. We're going there. If we are in Christ Jesus, if we have been redeemed, then we are going to heaven. And it will be perfect and wonderful. But we need to have the right expectation of this world that we are passing through. So thank you so much for listening and joining me today. May the Lord bless you until we meet. appreciate you tuning into this episode and if you've been encouraged by what you have heard would you consider leaving a review or a star rating for the podcast those reviews and ratings go so far in helping other ladies to find the podcast also for more encouragement i invite you to check out my website legacyhomeschoolreflections.com may the grace of our lord jesus christ be with you And I will look forward to talking with you next time.